Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. Every Tuesday I spend the hour answering all of your questions about love, sex, and relationships. Some people send them to me by email to laurie at drlaurie.com. You can always text me right here right now at 514-800. You can call me at 514-790-0800. And feel free to also comment on any of the issues that I'm uh, bringing up, especially if uh, you've been through something similar, then I find that it's quite helpful for our uh, for our listeners and the people who write in to get you know different perspectives on this. Uh, but before I get into your questions, I have a couple of announcements to make. Uh, the Kirkland Library is offering a series of activities and conferences for seniors from September 27th to the 29th, and I will be there speaking to the crowd on the 29th and talking about sex and love in the senior years. If you are interested, anybody is welcome to go. Just go to vil.kirkland.qc.ca to get more information, or you can call uh, the library at 514-630-2726. I think you need to register your spot. Uh, the other thing I want to tell you about is, uh, if you missed it, our big event, our 20th anniversary party at, that took place uh, last Friday or the Friday before, uh, we we had a live painter, Eric Waugh, painted during the, uh, the whole party time there and painted a beautiful uh, kind of an erotic painting, which you can see on my Facebook page at uh, Dr. Lori Batito. And there we are putting that painting up for auction so uh, you can bid it's a silent auction the bids are up to $650 I think the bidding will close next Monday morning it's a 36 by 48 gallery wrapped ready to hang painting it's absolutely beautiful Eric Wise a world-renowned artist he's painted many celebrities before uh, and some of the proceeds will be going to uh, to towards sex education for the Sexual Health Network of Quebec. So if you are interested, especially if you were there, like the painting, saw the painting, uh, you may uh, be interested in bidding yourself. So uh, go, go right to my Facebook page, Dr. Lori Batito's page, and you will see it right there. Okay, let's start with some questions I have received by email. Uh, let's see. I'm very concerned and curious about the diseases or problems we may get after having anal sex. I'm very much into anal sex, but with women only. I am not gay at all. So I would like you to help me out in this regard and tell me if there's any danger or harm or anything regarding this kind of sex. So first of all, enjoying anal sex, whether you're giving, receiving, does not make someone gay. Uh, with the appropriate precautions, anal sex is generally safe. There are some things to consider, of course. The anus does not lubricate like the vagina, uh, and the lining of the rectum is not the same as in the vagina. So the lack of lubrication and the fact that uh, the, the, the rectum is thin, the lining is thin, it makes it more susceptible to tears. When you have tears, those are openings. Even if they're tiny, tiny, these openings make you more susceptible to sexually transmitted infections and bacterial infections. 
So you have to think about reducing the risks. And to do that, you have to use condoms. You should always use a lubricant, always, always, uh, either a water-based or a silicone-based lubricant. Never go from anal to vaginal sex unless you change the condom. If you are the giver, then you need to go really slow and you need to stop if the receiver is feeling discomfort. So, which means you have to be able to um, communicate this with your partner. Okay. <clears throat> I've noticed ever since I was little or at least younger, I was more sexual than kids my age, even before I even felt any physical attraction toward a guy. I still had my childhood innocence, but it was like there were moments where that disappeared. I would watch porn. I don't know why, since it's not like I was masturbating or anything. It went beyond just watching porn, which I watched later around eight years old. I would undress my dolls and make them have sex, pretended to ride a teddy bear with my best friend, thinking back at it, what the F was going on, and did other questionable things, uh, all five-year-olds. I've heard from guy friends, etc., that it's normal, at least for them, to be sexual younger, but all my girlfriends are very confused and concerned, except for another friend, two friends who also grew up without their dads. I can't remember anything of when my mom and dad were together except the vivid image of finding porn on my dad's computer while I was looking for games. I was four, I think. I still am overly sexual, it seems, or sex is in my mind more than normal and just comes at random. Sometimes I'll imagine a sexual relationship with someone out of nowhere. It just pops into my brain, even if I'm not emotionally or physically attracted to them. Do you think that event of finding porn early is what triggered me being overtly, overly sexual? I've never been to therapy or anything for what I've seen or talked to my parents about it since I'm a really shy and recluse person. Or maybe it was the lack of a strong parental figure since my mom had a lot of struggles. I'm afraid these things will affect my future romantic relationships. I don't know if it matters, but I'm an 18-year-old female. Okay, so uh, first of all, it's normal for children to engage in sex play. But in this case, what struck me in this is you, dis you describe simulations of sex with your dolls. And that might be, especially at, at the age of five or six or what have you, that might be related to your early exposure to porn. I mean, ha think about it. How else would a five-year-old know how to position the dolls, for example. I mean, sometimes, you know, you play around and you, you make them kiss. And, and so you would put one on top of the other to make them kiss. Kids do that. That's, that's a normal part of sex play. Thinking about sex a lot at the age of 18, when you are really at your hormonal peak of testosterone is also totally normal. The fact that you didn't have a paternal figure in your life, I don't think is the cause of, of your sexual desires. Again, you know, I don't know you and I'm just making some hypotheses here, but it's unlikely that this is actually the cause of it. But having said that, it could have other psychological consequences that could affect your future relationships. Um, I don't know. Do you feel maybe confused or ambivalent, or maybe you have difficulty trusting. If you see that these kinds of issues come up for you, 
then it might be important to um, to seek the help of a therapist just to talk this stuff out so that it doesn't become a pattern uh, in your future relationships. Uh, my partner and I are very open to each other. I know he watches porn regularly, which I do not mind at all. But I found on the search history, gay porn. Should I be worried that he is getting off on gay porn? I feel like I should be because of the fact that I'm a woman. So, of course, I understand your concern. I think most people would have the same uh, reaction. But you have to remember a couple things. First of all, porn is fantasy. And some of our fantasies might actually be seen as weird for some people, disturbing for other people. What we choose to watch or fantasize about is usually not an indication of what you would want to do in real life. So it sounds like your partner is definitely sex curious. So there's a curiosity factor at play here. But I do think it's important that the two of you have conversations about sex. Talk about what is it that excites you? What is it that excites him? If you can do this in a non-judgmental manner, of course, that's the best way to do it. Respect each other's boundaries. If your partner is not ready to discuss their deepest fantasies just yet, uh, or if you feel that your partner can't can't handle it or what have you, then you you kind of go slow. You you don't want to be you don't want to listen to your partner and then be all all judgy or what have you or or completely turned off and then they won't they just won't share with you in a case like that coming up i'll answer a question from somebody who has difficulty ejaculating during sex a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship it's passion with cgad 800's dr Lori batito if you have questions about love, sex, relationships, tonight's the night, 514-800 to text in your questions or your comments about any of the uh, questions I'm answering tonight. You can also feel free to call me, 514-790-0800. And some of you uh, email me, which is perfectly fine as well, to laurie at drlaurie.com. So here's an email I got. So my girlfriend and I have been dating over a year and we started having sex around six months ago. And we had many conversations beforehand about safety, consent, turn-ons, turn-offs, etc. And I have not once ejaculated with her unless it was my own doing and even then took a few minutes to do. I've tried with condoms, consensual without condoms and many, many positions, but I cannot even feel the buildup. And I know it's not retrograde because I know when I have an orgasm. I believe it has something to do with the fact that there's often pain during intercourse when I'm not wearing a condom. But as I said, I can't even ejaculate with a condom. I know I should seek medical advice if I believe there to be a huge issue. Uh, but I'm trying hard to find any other reason before I go spend money to get checked. My girlfriend and I have had many conversations about trying for a child and I want to be a father, but even when we've had sex for an hour or more, I feel nothing and I'm worried. So first of all, it's very good that you're having such amazing communication about sex. So I applaud you for that. If you're having pain during intercourse, <clears throat> then it would make sense to me that the pain would distract you from your arousal 
and therefore make climaxing far more difficult. So first we need to find out what is the cause of the pain. By the way, about 7% of men uh, report pelvic pain uh, or pain with intercourse. So you're certainly not alone. But um, ex when you, somebody has pain during intercourse, a male has pain during intercourse, it can be re related to a, a number of things. It could be psychological. The pain is real, but, but it could be caused by anxiety, depression, uh, physical causes like chafing, prostatitis, maybe a sexually transmitted infection, sometimes a tight foreskin, an erection that lasts too long uh, can also cause pain. Uh, an unusually curved penis can also cause pain. I mean, these are particular conditions. So you would want to consult a medical doctor to find the cause of the pain. If none of these are, uh, if everything comes out that it is, it's normal, then it might be anxiety and you would want to work with somebody to help you, um, to help you deal with that, how to stay calm during, uh, sexuality, how to de-stress, how to cope with your stress. I mean, there's all kinds of things, right? We're made up of so many factors. So, uh, it could be any number of those things. Uh, do men and women's brains function differently after watching porn? Like men can be more addicted to it. If there's a difference, what is it? Uh, it's interesting you, you're bringing this up actually. Um, women generally, I mean, the, about 40% of women will watch porn. I think, uh, I don't think that in the brain it's really any different, um, I think you have people who have high sex drives, men and women alike. If you have a high sex drive, you're more likely to masturbate more, more likely to, uh, to use porn. It's not necessarily about addiction. If we're talking about addiction, it's a small percentage of porn viewers who are actually addicted to it. Something like 1% or something. It's not huge. Most people, um, don't do it compulsively, but people who have higher sex drives do use it, do use it more. But generally speaking, women are triggered by <clears throat> much more erotic stories. So you'll notice women will often read uh, novels that have a lot of erotic content, romance novels, those kinds of things. This is why they're attracted <clears throat> to porn that has the storyline. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, allergies. And so more with the porn that has um, storylines to it because they respond more to this. Now, why do they? It has it possibly has to do with the estrogen in women, the testosterone in men. Um, there might be something hormonal about that. Uh, but this is what we know is that women, there are some women who compulsively read, you know, romantic novels too and, and get turned on by that. So we can get turned on by different things, but it doesn't mean that the women who watch porn don't also get turned on in the same way, um, that men do. So I think it's a question of level of sexual desire. Oh, well, there you go. Here's a question about this. I love to read erotic novels but nothing turned me on and I'm disgusted by the sight of people having sex, yet I want to have that connection. I've tried masturbation, but I still feel nothing. But I haven't tried with anyone else yet as I'm scared nothing will happen on my end, which will lead to an end in our relationship. Is there any advice you can give me? So 
this sounds like you're experiencing some anxiety for sure around sexuality, although it's very difficult for me to know what's going on. Are you aversive to sex? Um, do you have uh, negative views of sexuality? Do you have an arousal disorder? Are you asexual or are you just simply not experienced in relationships? It could be that you're asexual, but not aromantic. In other words, you like the romance part of a relationship, not the sexual part of the relationship. There's a great website, asexuality.org, uh, that has all kinds of wonderful information. And it's, I think it would be worth looking into because I'm trying to figure out here, is this asexuality or an aversion disorder? They're two different things. Asexuality is more on the orientation side and an aversion disorder is more of a disorder and <clears throat> can be can be treated so we've got to look at uh, what it actually is and, and probably the best thing is to talk this out with um, with a therapist a sex therapist do a, a like a thorough evaluation of the situation to get to the bottom of that and see so that you can just accept yourself as you are and know what what are the issues that you would want to work on and know what you're looking for in fact so you got to know yourself first before you go out there right um, I know, I know the whole thing will explode. I am seeing three to four women and I'm sexually active with each. Seems to be working and satisfying my physical needs. I think I am an addict. I know each woman is monogamous. You're not an addict. You're a snake. If each of these women is monogamous to you, that means you're lying to all of these women. So you're having sex with four different women. Each of them thinks they're in a relationship with you. You're not leading a double life. You're leading a quadruple life. I don't know how you keep up, uh, I have to say, or how you keep the lies straight. But what you're doing isn't fair to them if they believe they're monogamous with you. It's one thing to go into relationships and say, look, uh, you're, I'm not, you're, we're not going to be exclusive and you need to be okay with that. And then if the person agrees, all right, fine, you're not exclusive. All right, I'm good with that. Uh, then you're not betraying. But in, in this way, you'd be betraying multiple people and you're not actually thinking about the harm being done or potential harm or hurt that you'd be doing to these other women. You're only thinking of your physical needs. If you feel that you are compulsive about your sexuality, if you feel a lot of shame and guilt around this behavior, then yes, go, uh, go see a therapist to deal with what's going on and what's leading you down that road. Is it fear of commitment? It's what, what other, what fears or anxieties or things are underlying all of that. And if you don't feel any of that, that stuff, then you're just uh, egocentric and just taking care of your own needs and don't really care what, uh, what you're doing to the others. I hope it's the former and not the latter to tell you the truth. 514-800, if anybody else has uh, any thoughts about anything being sent to me here or you want to add something, you're always welcome to do that, so uh, please do. How can I increase my sex drive in my relationship? I'm very attracted to my partner. However, lately I haven't been feeling anything sexual. What can I fix within myself to increase my mood when it comes to sex? Well, great question and 
really good that you're asking this kind of question. The good news is that you're feeling the attraction. There's that attraction there. Uh, you need to find out what is impeding your mood. Is it stress, fatigue? Are there uh, unresolved resentments toward your partner? You need to figure that out. Then you need to make time to relax, relax your body, relax your mind, then make plans to be intimate. Whether you're in the mood or not, make those plans because for women, sexual desire generally comes after the stimulation and the arousal. Desire is responsive rather than spontaneous. So waiting for the spontaneous desire to come up is not necessarily the right solution for you. So put yourself in a situation to have sexual intimacy and see how your body responds. And that should trigger your, uh, your sexual desire. Coming up a uh, question about uh, early ejaculation. pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak you're listening to passion cjd 800 your sex questions answered tonight at 514-800 to text in uh, this one i'm a married man and i'm facing serious sexual problems my penis gets hard all right but immediately i insert i ejaculate i've researched and turned to several methods but it isn't helping I need help to save my marriage. So I'm sure you've heard me talk about this many times before on the show. It's the most common problem for men, which is premature ejaculation. And yes, there are options to help you out. But the first step is practice. You actually have to train yourself all over again. And there's a, a technique that's called the stop and start technique, which First, you start by practicing some deep breathing exercises. The next step is to masturbate with no lubricant and stopping right before your point of no return, then taking a few deep breaths, then resuming, and then repeating that multiple times. Once you've mastered that for a little bit, masturbate with lubricant using the exact same uh, technique. And then you move on to have your partner masturbate you same, same way first without the lube, then with the lube. And you always do this stop and start technique. And then you move on to oral sex. And then when you've managed to prolong your ejaculation with those sexual activities, that's when you move on to, to intercourse. And during intercourse, you have to do the same thing. You have to do the same starting and stopping and breathing in between. So hopefully your wife, your partner will cooperate with you because it's going to make it far easier for you to succeed if you have your partner's cooperation. If you've really made an effort to do this program, to, to try this for a good month of practice at least, uh, then we might look at medication as the option. But to me, that's the the last resort, right? Because you're still 
you'd be taking a, a, a medication on a daily basis. Basically, you'd be prescribed a low-dose antidepressant. It's not a, a specific medication for PE, but it is used for premature ejaculation because of the side effects. And the side effect is a delay of ejaculation. Unfortunately, you may experience other unwanted side effects along with this. So it does work if you practice. You've got to just make sure you know where that point of no return is because you've got to be aware instead of distracting yourself, think about what your penis is actually feeling every step of the way. And it is absolutely possible to train oneself. Texter says, um, I heard you say just before the anniversary party that it seems more common for men to have erection issues. Don't you think it's possible that people are actually reporting it and talking about it more and therefore it's always been an issue? I've been single for many years and I, and have had a few partners at age 40 or 41, the men seem okay, but after 45, it's a gamble. I would say one out of three men have had erection problems. Is God punishing me? LOL. Uh, no, but you're talking about age related changes. So as men age, uh, yes, it may be more difficult to get an erection. They may need more stimulation to get there. It could happen. All men experience, uh, can experience an off day where they're not able to get it up. All men of all, of all ages, maybe it happens, um, more as we get older, but other, so many things can affect, uh, our arousal as well, including stress or alcohol or, uh, whatever medications or things like that. So it's not like a, a, a generalized statement. I can just tell you that all men have experiences at some point it could be nerves too. It could be for a first a time with somebody, um, the anxiety, the nervousness around that, but it's true that people are talking more about it. And I think, uh, certainly in the last 20 years, like since Viagra has been out, we've been able to talk about ED a whole lot more because, you know, everybody it's on TV commercials for God's sake. So it's, it's all over the place. However, I'm, I am seeing more performance anxiety in younger men. And I do trace it back to, um, frequent and early exposure to porn and men who also suffer from a generalized anxiety. So men who are generally worried, like who are the, of the worrying kind, um, will maybe will experience more of this kind of performance anxiety induced erectile dysfunction. So I am seeing that more and porn does have somewhat of an effect on that because of the expectations. So if, it, if there is a, an anxiety related to, but I don't look that way, but I, they don't make my partners feel that way. But what if I don't perform like that? What if they, uh, you know, so all these what ifs, right? What, when, once you have all these what ifs in your brain, that's your worry. That's the anxiety speaking right there. And that will definitely impede uh, your ability to, uh, to get an erection or to maintain an erection. Um, another question uh, about premature ejaculation. It's embarrassing for me to say, but I cannot control myself when I enter into my girlfriend. I'm afraid 
She will soon look elsewhere. What can I do to stop this from happening? I've tried masturbation, edging to where I stop and start up again. Being 42 years old, I also notice I'm suffering from ED. So I'm thinking, as, as I just described before, the erectile dysfunction might be due to the anxiety that you're feeling, simply a, the, the anxiety about ejaculating too quickly. So um, you're on the right track with the edging exercises. Edging is like getting close and stopping, getting close and stopping. So it's, it's pretty much another word, except this is used as a kind of a, a tantric technique, if you will, edging, whereas we call it the just the stop and start technique. But that that's basically what it's about. So you want to do, you want to continue this, but now you want to involve your partner. So do the edging, which helps you and now have your partner help you out with masturbation, with oral sex and, uh, during intercourse. And like I told the, the previous person, if you're not recovering from this, then you might want to seek medical attention to see if there's something else that you can do, or at the very least seek help together, uh, with your partner, with a therapist to see so that you can both be on the same page and could, you know, cooperate with this kind of treatment, uh, treatment program together. And let's find out if there's anything else going on at the same, uh, at the same time. Uh, coming up, a woman with a high sex drive. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. A few minutes left to get your questions in at 514 or your comments. As this person says, Dr. Lori, the guy who's having sex with the four women, did he say if the four women knew of each other? Uh, he just says, I know each woman is monogamous. So I'm assuming that they all think that they're monogamous with him. Like usually, well, no, not necessarily, but usually it's a, a, a two way street unless, but again, it doesn't sound like they all know that he's not monogamous. So it's one thing if they say, well, I'm going to be monogamous, but it's okay if you're not monogamous, they're monogamous, assuming he's monogamous because he did start off with saying, I know the whole thing will explode. So to me, that means there's some shenanigans going on there and it will explode in his face at some point when someone discovers something. Uh, hi there. I'm a 25 year old woman and I have a very high sex drive that I used to deny. I recently met a guy that celebrates that side of me. I used to be prescribed Xanax and Lexapro after my PPD, but I like myself better sober, even though I'm a pretty anxious person and having sex and orgasms helps me to relax. Sometimes it feels like sex is medicinal to my anxiety. And I don't know if that's crazy. First of all, there's nothing wrong with you simply because you have a high sex drive. That's, that is such a double standard. I find that that still exists and women question themselves when they do have a high sex drive. The medications though, that you were on probably had an impact on this desire, which is maybe why you don't want to be on those medications. But yes, orgasms do make us feel relaxed. For most of us, that's exactly what they do. But if you're suffering from an anxiety disorder 
and this is the only way you can feel relaxed, I don't know, maybe it'll be problematic if you're constantly seeking out orgasms, let's say in a, in a compulsive kind of matter. And to me, that would create a, a vicious cycle, which will cause even more anxiety. I mean, you're writing to me because you think you, this is crazy, which means you're feeling anxious about it. And so you're, this vicious cycle will, um, will continue. So you might want to find other ways as well to deal with the anxiety and not just through orgasms, but there's nothing wrong with enjoying an orgasm to, to help you relax. I know plenty of people who, uh, will masturbate to get the, their day going and at night just to, to relax or to do it on a daily just to be able to, um, to relax. So there you go. Uh, does taking L arginine help a man's penis in any way? So L arginine is something you'll find on the internet usually as a, a supplement. Okay. Uh, and there are, that's one, but there are so many supplements out there sold to men that are going to make promises of bigger, better erections that actually have zero scientific proof of working. Like the data does not bear this out. So L-arginine is basically a, a, an amino acid that helps make uh, proteins and it's supposed to help the blood vessels relax and help with better blood flow. So yeah, it would make sense that you'd get better blood flow to the penis. However, there are no scientific results that show that it is effective for treating erectile dysfunction. Maybe it's effective as a ge overall general supplement. I don't know, but definitely when it's been studied with just treating erectile dysfunction, it is not effective. So if that's what you want it for, I would say, uh, because you don't say, uh, just save your money. Don't buy any of those supplements. I really, they, they, they just make men feel inadequate and then try to sell you something. They create a problem and then sell you the product to fix the problem, right? I have just found out that I have AIDS. Do I have a sex life? So I think you mean you've just found out you've been diagnosed with HIV, which is the virus that causes AIDS. I, I would assume that you would have found the virus before developing of, of AIDS. So I'm going to go with the assumption that you've been diagnosed with HIV. Okay. Uh, thankfully today, few people die of AIDS related causes because of the medications that are now accessible and highly um, effective. HIV is not curable, but can be managed because there are medications that can make the virus practically undetectable, which of course drastically reduces the chance of transmission. If you've been diagnosed with HIV, you need to start what's called a retroviral therapy or ART as soon as possible. Basically, it's a combination of meds that will be given to you that you take on a daily basis. And this helps people with HIV live healthier lives and longer lives. And it reduces the risk of transmission because it reduces a person's viral load in their body to just about an undetectable level. 
But this is important. You've got to talk to a physician about that and you've, you've got to start dealing with this right away. Um, when it comes to your sex life, I believe it's important to let your partner know, but when you're letting your partner know, provide information to your partner about transmission, um, when you're, when somebody is taking, uh, uh, retroviral, um, antiretroviral therapies. Okay. So you want information. Information is key. Obviously the use of condoms is very important. Your partner may also choose to use PrEP. PrEP is another medication. It's a daily medication. It stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. And this is, has been shown to be a highly effective, um, weight for preventing HIV, uh, transmission. So look into that, but speak to your doctor about all the, the possible things that you need to, to think about. And then you may want, there are people, support groups and uh, people who can help you, uh, le- talk about how to talk about your, your HIV status and, um, you know, how to deal with this with a partner. They'll give you pamphlets and information and everything that you, uh, that you need to know. Remember that put sticking your head in the sand and pretending it's not there doesn't make it go away. So deal with it, but there are things you can do. Information here is, uh, is power. I tell you power. My wife loves oral sex. It is the only way that she is able to achieve orgasm. Ever since I've been pleasuring her in this way, she seems to have a much higher sex, sexual desire than usual. She craves oral sex like a pregnant woman craves ice cream. Is this normal? Well, you found the, uh, the, magic, uh, the magic move for your partner. Uh, I'm glad that you discovered it. Yes, of course, that if she's having pleasurable uh, sexual experiences, then, uh, then she's going to want to repeat those pleasurable experiences. Now that she knows what, what it feels like, she's going to want it more. So that's really, really good news. Good for you. This is great. Thank you so much for all of your, uh, emails and texts. Remember, you can always email me. Just go to my website, drlaurie.com. You'll find uh, a contact form there. Send your email through there. And I will be happy to answer your emails at the beginning of, uh, of every show. Thank you for spending your time with me. Thanks to our technical producer, Chris and master control. Uh, you can connect with me on social media as well at Dr. Lori Batito, um, or again, through my website, drlaurie.com. Don't forget the uh, silent auction is going on until Monday for uh, one of Eric Waugh's beautiful paintings that he did live on our stage when we did our, uh, our live broadcast for our 20th anniversary party. So you can bid on my page if you are interested as well. Coming up next year on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Hey girl, tap your feet.